Hello, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Join me on A Hateful Homicide, a true crime podcast dedicated to telling the stories regarding the murders of transgender, gender non-binary, and gender diverse community members in the United States and abroad. This is A Hateful Homicide. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. transgender woman has been shot and killed in North Baltimore, Alpha. In the U.S., trans women of color have a life expectancy of just 35 years. This happens on a daily. Another one of my friends got killed right up the street from here. These cases are true. The victims are real and their voices matter. This is A Hateful Homicide. The murder of Victoria Vicky Ramos Gutierrez, Wednesday, January 10th, 2018, Los Angeles, California. January 10th, 2018, just 10 days into the new year, 33-year-old trans-Latina Victoria, affectionately known as Vicky Ramos Gutierrez, a native of Honduras who also worked at the LA LGBT Center, had decided to meet someone online. The individual, 29-year-old cisgender Latino male, Kevin Ramirez. The two had corresponded on the night of January 9th, 2018, and decided to meet. Then, Kevin comes over to Vicky's apartment. Around 3 a.m., a neighbor begins to smell smoke. He immediately presses the fire alarm 
and neighbors exit the apartment complex. And as they turn around and look to the apartment complex, they see smoke and flames coming from the second story apartment building in the West Pico area. And this was the apartment of their neighbor, Vicky Gutierrez. So the neighbors immediately contacted the Los Angeles Fire Department as well as the Los Angeles Police Department. Within 48 minutes of the 911 call, the fire was extinguished. However, when the smoke fooled back and investigators saw the body of Victoria Ramos Gutierrez, even the most seasoned detectives were shocked. They wanted to know what happened to Vicky and detectives got to work immediately. Within 48 hours of the murder, which happened around 3 a.m. on the morning of January 10th, 2018, detectives started to do their investigation. And as they're doing their investigation, they begin to pull up CCTV footage, as well as looking at Vicky's cell phone to see what correspondence she had the evening before. Detectives quickly discovered that the individual who not only she spoke to last, but also was the last person she's seen was again, Kevin Ramirez. Again, they still wasn't quite sure if Kevin was the perpetrator, but they knew that they wanted to speak with him. They reach out to Kevin's loved ones, including his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend. And when they reach out to his ex-girlfriend, the next day on January 11th, 2018, she admits to the detectives that Kevin had came to her around the early morning hours, around 7 a.m. on January 10th, sweating, panicky, stating things that he had just done something horrible. She stated that Kevin had a history, a history of using drugs. And when under the influence, he could become so enraged and completely black out that he forgot all reality. Well, according to Kevin, he confesses to his former ex-girlfriend that around the night of January 9th, 2018, he goes over to Vicky's apartment, invited. They go over, he goes over, they, they start having a conversation, they're building this connection. But Kevin admits that when he got to Vicky's apartment, he knew in that moment that he was going to commit a hateful homicide. The reason was because he wanted to be able to get money and other supplies to be able to fuel his drug habit. So when this confession was then made to the detectives on the case, they immediately wanted to know where was Kevin Ramirez. And between January 11th and January 13th of 2018, Kevin Ramirez quickly gets apprehended. He's brought into the Los Angeles Police Department. They sit him down for an interrogation. The detectives want to know what happened to Vicky. According to Kevin, he confesses, initially stating, well, it was just a robbery gone wrong. The detectives didn't quite buy that. Because of the extensive effort that he put into concealing the, the evidence, as the medical examiner is looking over Vicky's body, they discover over five stab wounds between the upper and lower torso. 
They quickly also discover that she was murdered prior to Kevin setting the apartment on fire, meaning that she did not have any smoke in her lungs. So detectives having all of this information from the coroner and now interviewing Kevin on January 13, 2018, they're asking him exactly what happened. He again states that he blacked out. He was having issues with drugs. And to be able to get those drugs, he wanted to rob Vicky. Well, according to Kevin, it was not his intentions to murder Vicky. Rather than just subdue her, knock her unconscious, and then leave with her valuables. However, according to Kevin, Vicky fought back. And when she fought back, he realized in that moment that she was not only going to be able to identify him, but also be able to alert the authorities once he left. In that moment, Kevin decided to stab Vicky Ramos Gutierrez multiple times in the upper torso. He then goes and douses the apartment complex with an accelerant, lighting the apartment on fire. However, because of the time of year, and also because Vicky's window was slightly down, the smokes and flames didn't quite do an extensive burn, meaning that everyone else besides Vicky, unfortunately, was able to get out of the apartment complex safely. So if Kevin was hoping to make sure that there was going to be this inferno of of, of trauma and, and leaving this whole wreckage, he was wrong. Because of the fact that the Los Angeles Fire Department was able to immediately, within less than an hour, extinguish those flames, the CSI team and everyone else along with criminal forensics was able to deeply process the scene. While they were processing the scene, they also discovered Kevin's fingerprints, not only throughout the apartment, but also on Vicky's body. Detectives want to know, what does Kevin have to say for himself? Well, according to Kevin, he then turns the table and admits that his homicide of Vicky Ramos Gutierrez was intentional. He stated that he knew when he met her online that he was going to lure her into this ruse of a potential relationship, knowing that when he got there, Around the late hours of January 9th into the early morning hours of Wednesday, January 10th, that his intentions was to get there, get into her home, make her comfortable, and then stab her, burn her apartment, and flee the scene. When Kevin admitted this, detectives knew in that moment that they had everything that they needed. Not only was Kevin's statement matching with all of the evidence that they found at the scene, but also it was matching with the CCTV footage as well as with Vicky's phone. So they knew in that moment that they had the guy that they needed, as well as in addition to Kevin Ramirez's ex-girlfriend's testimony. Well, Kevin was not quite done. He goes to court. He goes to trial and initially pleads not guilty. This was going to mean that Kevin and Vicky's families were going to have to deal with a trial. Kevin ultimately decides to plead guilty to the second degree murder of Victoria Vicky Ramos Gutierrez and is sentenced to 25 years. This happened 
around February 4th, 2020. But now what I wanna do is take a moment and talk about who was Victoria Vicky Ramos Gutierrez. Again, born in 1984 in Honduras, Vicky, affectionately to everyone that she loved, had a beautiful dog. She was very lovely and vibrant. She loved all types of music and people. She had a really good amount of friends here in the Los Angeles community, very well received by individuals such as Maria Roman, Taylorson, as well as Bambi Salcedo, and the list goes on. These community members stated that Vicky was amazing. She was kind and caring, and she was looking for love, just like the rest of us. And when she got online, looking to get to know Kevin, unfortunately, from his end, he had the intentions of committing a hateful homicide on the early morning hours of January 10th, 2018. But nonetheless, Vicky made a huge impact. She got a job at the Los Angeles LGBT Center, working and making connections through and through. She also, in November of 2017, less than two months prior to her hateful homicide, she spoke at the Transgender Day of Remembrance, reading several of the names of individuals who had also been a victim of a hateful homicide throughout the year of 2017. And unfortunately, Vicky, unbeknownst to her and everyone around her, within just less than two months of reading those names, would herself be on that list for 2018. Vicky, beautiful, kind, loving, a pet parent, vibrant, an active member of the trans community. She was a huge proponent for immigration as well as Latinx rights. And so this this shocking murder completely pulled the LA community. But the community, as well as the trans community, all came together to remember Vicky. And so what they decided to do was to make sure that Vicky's remains would get back to her family in Honduras. The community decided to raise, um, to create a GoFundMe account. And this GoFundMe account, again, was gonna be used to make sure that Vicky got back to her native land of Honduras. The community did that, and it was such a beautiful effort to see everyone again come together and remember and celebrate Vicky Ramos Gutierrez. And despite what she went through by Kevin Ramirez, her loved ones refused to let that be the last memory that they have of Vicky. So what we want to now is take a look into this concept of gaslighting. So many times, and we'll see this in other cases between this season and next season coming in September, that what we will see is that individuals will get online, um, cis individuals, cis men, especially for those who are um, pursuing or, uh, or, or, or targeting trans women, and they'll get on these websites with the guise of stating that they are looking for romance and relationships. And for some of them, that is true. However, what we have to remember so many times is that these individuals that we meet online can always have or always be a wolf in sheep's clothing. And unfortunately, Kevin Ramirez was definitely a wolf in sheep's clothing, appearing to be kind and caring and full of energy according to the um, message exchanges between Vicky as well as Kevin. They were able to see that Kevin was really putting Vicky at ease 
Vicky, who was very cautious about who she let into her home, had did everything that she was supposed to do to make sure that nothing like this would happen. And even when, again, when Kevin got first got into the apartment, he admitted to detectives that he did not initially attack and or hurt Vicky. It was only once she continued to get more comfortable with him was then when he decided to do the attack and commit the hateful homicide against Vicky. Well, nonetheless, it's so important for us to understand that this happens far too often. As we've went through these cases, beginning with the murder of Nyria Johnson, so many times these chance encounters with individuals happen. And when they do, it can become a recipe for such a crime that murder, that homicides like these happen. And though it was not Vicky's fault, it is so important for us to understand that we have to make sure that we are letting everyone know who we meet, get their driver's license information, as well as any other important data that you're going to be able to communicate with anyone. Because as we know, and as we've learned throughout these cases, that the trans community, especially trans women of color, are typically the most targeted, weaponized, and marginalized of the communities being targeted and murdered. And unfortunately, Vicky fell into that demographic. But nonetheless, Vicky's family and loved ones got her back to Honduras and was able to lay her to rest. Well, what I want to do now is also talk to each and every one of you about how this affected again the rest of the community it's so important for us to think about like how these cases again really impact the community vicky was really close with several people and what happened was was that kevin we're not sure if kevin or if someone else did something with her dog but nonetheless her community members um, and loved ones in the la area went searching for her beloved dog this was her support animal, it was her comfort animal. And again, it was so heartbreaking to see this beautiful 33-year-old woman who was full of life, who had came here for a fresh start and a better opportunity, lose her life so tragically and so heinously so quickly. So now what I wanna do is give you a little bit more information about what happened, a little bit more details regarding the murder of Vicky Ramos Gutierrez
officers would not answer any questions at the press conference, so we do not know yet if the victim and suspect knew each other beforehand. The suspect is being held without bail. Reporting live from downtown Los Angeles, Ted Chen, NBC4 News. Robert Culley, back to you. And as you could hear the anguish and sadness from the loved ones that were left dealing with the fallout of this hateful homicide bestowed upon this community. This case really gravitated towards me. I moved to Los Angeles, California in 2019, a year after the hateful homicide of Vicky Ramos Gutierrez. And through my time here in LA, I've learned so much about Vicky through the amazing community members that I've gotten to know. And when I heard about this case, I felt so compelled to continue to say Vicky's name. And even though she is no longer here with us, I wanted to make sure that this case was highlighted because so many times, and it's very uh, uh, sometimes a misconception where we think bigger cities are safer for our communities. And though that is true in certain instances, we're fortunate to be able to be ourselves in a lot of ways, but that still does not mean that danger and evil is not lurking in those cities. And as we think about this, it's very important to remember that the only connection that Vicky and Kevin had was online. And so it's so, again, important why I mention this over and over, that we have to make sure that any of us, whether you're trans or cis, anytime that we get online and introduce ourselves, we have to make sure that these individuals are being vetted. And how do we vet them? Again, make sure that you're giving out that contact information to family members, to loved ones. We all have done it. I have met a guy online before, and each time I make sure that I give that information out because you never know what can happen. And when these situations happen like this, you know, I just want to let you all know that it's so important to look out for these these clue signs. And throughout later um, on the podcast, I'm going to share with you all a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, statement from one of my friends who is also a podcaster who has a true crime podcast very similar to this. And her name is Raven Noah. And she talks, she provides a cautionary tale regarding or warning regarding how it's so easy for us to uh, get caught up in the haze and the highs and the emojis and really let our guards down. But also, especially for trans women in particularly, it's so important for us because we are such a marginalized community. It's so important for us to make sure that we do not put ourselves or not get in situations where we are targeted. And that's what Raven Noah talks about. She provides these, these warnings about that and just making sure that we are being safe. One of the other things that, you know, has been really important and has been a really um, discovery for a lot of us trans community members is defense classes. So the Trans Defense Fund of Los Angeles created these defense kits. Part of this was in response to not only what was happening throughout LA, but also what happened to Vicky in 2018. Nikki Wynn, the founder of Trans Defense LA, wanted to create a space where you could have a defense kit. So for any of my audience members that are listening who are of the community and may need a defense kit, just to make sure that you're being safe because we want everyone to stay safe and armed, please reach out to me and I will make sure that we get you a defense kit. It's so important, you all, to make sure that we're staying careful and safe. And unfortunately, these types of incidents continue to happen within our community. Especially as trans individuals, we oftentimes feel like the best and even the safest way for us to communicate with individuals is online. So typically we're gonna communicate with individuals on multiple different apps and social platforms because that's also in our way of making sure that we stay safe. 
because unfortunately, as we've went through some of these cases, just even walking outside at a specific time of day could potentially make you a target. And so that's why it's so important to make sure that we are doing everything in our power to stay protected, armed, and making sure that we are, you know, taking those defense courses and doing everything that we can to stay prepared. So now what I want to do is take a listen to Raven Noah. Again, she is a beautiful, beautiful friend of mine. She does so much for the community. A native in the um, Detroit area, Raven Noah has done so much for the community. And she speaks so much about like, you know, the community regarding trans homicides. And so I just, again, wanted to make sure that I share that with you all because it's so, so important. So I'm going to go ahead and share that with you all right here in just a moment. If y'all giving her a pass on text messaging, y'all really gonna get served. Oh, y'all gonna get served the business. And the thing about it is, I'm gonna talk about back in 2018. In order to be killed, my sisters, if y'all hearing this, he has to come across as a friend. Okay, let me give a little sample. Hey, boo. You're so beautiful, oh my God. I love you. You everything I want. Oh my God, Ma, give me a chance, Ma. You are gorgeous, Ma. Ma, you is beautiful. And you all, <laughs> not saying she did it, but I'm giving you an idea of what's going on. Because you're also lost in your beauty. Because you think beauty can't be, you think beauty can't fade from a fire. Stabbed. Shot. These are real girls. They're sending messages out to warn y'all off of their blood shed bodies. But of course, some of y'all ain't gonna understand that message because you know what? Y'all know it all. Raven just crazy. She just think everybody gonna try to kill everybody. Well, unfortunately, back in 2009, I think it's nine, April the 26, 2009 or 8. I've been doing these videos, and my channel has overwhelmingly taken place of dead bodies. So while I'm trying to save y'all from going in the ground, some of y'all will fight me to get in there. Now, this beautiful girl's living her life, and the word men are used to get us is I accept you. I think you're beautiful. I hate what they're doing to y'all. Your guard is down. Hey, he understands my struggle. He is my friend. He understands. I can trust him. Hell, he even made me laugh. Came through the door. Killed her. Set her on fire. They couldn't even recognize her. They go by her teeth. They didn't even know if it was a man or a woman. They called it the person. That person that made her feel comfortable came to her house to kill her. Let me say this again for the one in the back. The person that made her feel comfortable came to her house to kill her. He set her on fire. He stabbed her up. And set on fire. They couldn't even recognize her body. They had to go by her dental and had to call her a person. But guess what? Even get 
Raven Noah, again, very outspoken and passionate, speaks very boldly about the cautionary tales of online dating, online romances, and what can happen sometimes when, again, when these individuals, especially these cis men who say all of the things that we want to hear. And it's so important, again, when we hear that word acceptance, you know, as I was listening to this along with you all, I thought about one of the things that really stood out the most was acceptance. As trans women, so many times as trans people, we want to be accepted, period. As people, all of us want to be accepted. But definitely as trans women, because again, as I mentioned, we are the most marginalized, tokenized, and weaponized, and unfortunately fetishized as well. We look for that word acceptance. But what I also wanna make sure that you all take from this is that just because that word acceptance sounds amazing and it's absolutely exciting and it gives us this sense of hope that this could be our person, just please, 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 please continue, continue to make sure that we are practicing every safety precaution that we can because these hateful homicides are real. And like Raven Noah said, the girls are being murdered at an astronomical rate. As of June 7th, 2021, there have been 28 murders in this year already that I have not even begun to cover, unfortunately. And so my goal, like so many of you who are listening, is again to raise awareness and make sure that these community members, my community members, our community, are not falling victims to hateful homicides. And again, I just want to, you know, just state that this is such an important topic. Oftentimes, when we look at this internet dating violence, it's become quite a trend, especially, again, within the trans community. Often seen as our only way of communication, it's very common for us, again, to get on these websites searching and seeking for love. With predators like Kevin Ramirez, it's very important, as Raven Noah cautioned, to make sure that we're that we're vetting these types of conversations, listening to those and reading those those statements and trying to make sure, and if you get this spidey sense or this gut feeling that something isn't quite right, stick with that. One of the things that I like to share with individuals, especially when I've done interviews and conversations about, you know, this, the national average for trans individuals, like it states in the intro, is 35. And so Vicky was 33. I'm 31, but one of the things that we do to get to this point in our lives to stay safe is trust in our spidey senses and guts. And sometimes it does not always go the way that we hope. Vicky was just looking for love. She was 33. She had came to Los Angeles for this fresh, amazing start. She had really gotten involved with the community. And again, on January 10th, 2018, around 3 a.m., 
she was stabbed again set on fire and her place was set on fire and fortunately kevin was called quickly and fortunately kevin was charged and convicted of the murder he was not convicted of a hate crime but again as we heard from individuals like raven noah maria and others throughout this episode hate was definitely the motivating factor was it because the fact that vicky was trans I 100% agree because he knew that Vicky was trans. She disclosed that to him. So we knew, right, based on the, the information that I shared. And even when the detectives were interviewing him, they did actually ask Kevin if Victoria had mentioned to him that she was trans. He admitted that she did and he knew that she was trans. And that was actually what led him to target her feeling that she was more vulnerable than other communities that he could have targeted. He knew in that moment that Vicky was going to be the ideal target for this hateful homicide. However, Vicky was not his first and or only victim. Kevin had not committed any other murder that we know of besides Vicky, but he had committed robberies, arson, burglary, you name it, Kevin Ramirez had almost done it from the time he was 17 years old, according to his arrest record. And as you, as I took a look at this litany of all these details that I received from the LAPD, and it was showing me like all these different crime, criminal activities ranging back from like 2007. And you could see this individual who was just prone to violence, prone to robberies to get anything that he wanted. And again, his motivation for this was, according to him, to fuel his drug habit. Drugs, as we know, has become such a topic for a lot of people. Either you're for them or you're against them. However, do we give the perpetrator a pass? When a hateful homicide is committed under the influence do we negate or minimize the impact of that hateful homicide or do we still hold the perpetrator just as accountable? The reason I pose that question my audience is because I wanted you all to get an understanding regarding the sentencing of Kevin Ramirez. Again, he was sentenced to 25 years to life and depending on good behavior, he could be out within 17 years. This homicide was committed in 2018, meaning that within the next 14 to 13 years, he could be back out in society. At the time of his arrest, he was 29, meaning that he would be in his mid 40s by the time he could re be released. This is very fearful for our community, especially for those who are in the LA community, because we know that there are too many Kevins out here already. But what I wanna make sure is that we understand that we do not give anyone a pass for committing such a heinous and hateful act against someone who was beautiful and kind like Vicky. Because he wanted drugs, because his need and his fix to do that, on the night of Tuesday, January 10th, 2018, Kevin Ramirez reached out to Vicky Ramos Gutierrez under the ruse of getting her to let him over to hang out, hook up, whatever the case may be. Vicky, who was sweet and loving of others, had no reason not to, to trust or believe that Kevin was safe. Like Raven Noah mentioned, so many times the word acceptance or I appreciate you or I see you, all of these phrasings and wordings can let our guard down as trans women, which can then let someone like Kevin come in 
do the things that he did so viciously by stabbing and, and, and setting this beautiful woman on fire and all for, for what? For drugs, for money, for some valuables. And even then within 48 hours of this hateful homicide, Kevin was arrested and he was even placed without bun. So the only time Kevin actually ever stepped foot out of the jail was when he was going to trial to plead guilty for the hateful homicide of Vicky Ramos Gutierrez. And as we prepare to conclude this case, you know, I just wanna again say to each and every one of you that these cases are so important and we have about two more episodes uh, next week we will be um, covering the hateful homicide of jennifer berman of toronto canada and then the season finale which will be june 26th 2021 will be the hateful homicide or murder of tony mcdade so both of these cases are going to be coming up within the next two weeks a lot of great information we're going to be bringing in some actual um actual guest speakers um, one of my really good friends um who here is in la um is going to talk about the murder of tony mcdade so that's going to be some really good information and then i'm also going to be connecting with um, some of my great friends out in toronto to speak on um, the the hateful homicide of Jennifer Berman. Again, I just want to say thank you all so, so much for tuning in on this episode of A Hateful Homicide. Please follow us on IG at A Hateful Homicide. Also, you can follow me at Mallory Jenna 90. That's M-A-L-L-E-R-Y-J-E-N-N-A 90. And then you can also um, please use the hashtags A Hateful Homicide, Ah, say ah, transgender awareness, true crime, podcast, suspenseful Saturdays. My sister, Victoria Vicky Ramos Gutierrez, 1984 to January 10th, 2018. We remember you. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever and always. Again, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Thank you for tuning in on this episode of A Hateful Homicide. And I look forward to talking with you all next Saturday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you so much and have a great day.